Ministry Bits, Episode 012, recorded April 7th, 2014. Building Apps. Ministry Bits is proud to be part of the AIM Network, and you can find more AIM Network podcasts at aimthenetwork.com. Show notes for this episode can be found at chadl.co slash mbits slash 012. You can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ministrybits and like our Facebook page to keep up with news and updates at facebook.com slash ministrybits. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Lemon, and I am here as your host of the Ministry Bits podcast. We're episode, we're on episode twelve, and we are happy that you have joined us today. And uh, it has been a wonderful, wonderful last three months. Uh, we started this uh, podcast um, hoping that five people would listen. And uh, it's turned out that there has been many more listen and be helped by this podcast, which is the absolute goal uh, of, it should be a goal of anything pretty much, but the absolute goal of this podcast was to help you as ministers use technology more effectively for the glory of God. That's really what it was all about. And we've had about six guests so far. We've got about six more guests lined up to come on the next six weeks or, or rather 12 weeks rather. And uh, we're very happy that you are listening to the show, and we're very happy to be on the AIM Network, or AIM the Network, or however it is you say it. We're very, very happy to be on that network, and um, Paul Sperlin and his crew are rapidly becoming a cool podcast network. I want you to um, I want you to go over there, aimthenetwork.com. There is several podcasts that we have added in the last few weeks we're about to add another one, and you you need to go over there and listen. It's a really, really great little network to listen all to all um, podcasts, all by Christians, uh, members of the church, and, and it, it's a really, I don't know what else is good to say about it. It's just phenomenal listening to some of it. Every Thursday, you can tune in to Paul's show, uh, the, the actually aptly named the John and Paul show. They talk about sports and things going on in ministry, things going on with AIM, and different things like that. And Paul Sperlin's down there in Alabama based on based out of uh, Montgomery. And uh, we really appreciate being a part of that network. And it's a, it's a really, really great thing. So uh, today, without further ado, today we're going to talk about building apps. Now, I know you're just like foaming at the mouth. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. Chad is going to teach us how to build apps. No, sorry. I'm not going to do that. It's not a show about teaching you how to build the apps because that's really hard. I'm, I'm here to, I'll talk about that more in a minute, but that is extremely hard to do. So it's no question though, you think about and you look at the app landscape, okay? It is no, there's no question to anybody, technology, uh, you know, if you love technology and you're involved in technology or not, it is, it is, uh, 
very, very appropriate to say that apps are everything now. Everything you do, think about what you didn't do in an app. Okay, today, just think about all the work that you did and how, what percentage of those was not inside of some kind of app. And I'm talking about programs on the computer as well. You can argue that the browser is not an app, but hey, I, I kind of see it that way. So everything done is done in apps now. And it's just amazing to me because you look at the landscape six years ago, there was no such thing. Just six years ago, not even a decade ago, nobody knew and nobody wanted to use apps, especially on their phone. You know, there was the, there you had the Windows CE, you had the Blackberries and all those other different things. And they had these very limited kind of app stores and everything, especially on the Windows phones. I'm talking about Windows CE. I'm not talking about Windows phone. I'm talking about Windows CE, you know, with the stylus and the Windows start menu and all that good stuff. Palm Pilots, you know, apps right there. They had apps on their phone. But no, you, nobody really referred to them as applications. So it's really changed. The landscape has really changed in just the last six years. And what has been driving that has been the iPhone. And the iPhone has absolutely uh, revolutionized. It forced Google to rethink everything that they were going to do. And, and they came out with Android. And the rest is history. And we're in the middle of a Apple-Google war um, with Android and with iOS. And I think competition is good myself because it forces Android to innovate and it forces Apple to come up with new and better ways and simpler ways for us to do things. But the big bucks these days are made in apps. And if you know anything about uh, what's going on, there's an app called, or there was an app called WhatsApp. I don't, it was a messaging app. And Facebook paid $18 billion, with a B, billion dollars to acquire that app. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing to me. Um, in both of those stores, there is apps, uh, there's over 1 million apps in each store. In the Google Play Store, in the Apple App Store, uh, there, there are over well over one million apps now. They, they don't even count anymore. They used to, there used to be this like a uh, space race kind of going on between Apple and Google. Ooh, who can get to a million first? And now it's like they don't even care. They've got so many apps that do so many different things. They don't even care anymore. And there is a plethora. Uh, there is an app literally for anything. You know, there was a joke going around a couple of years ago. There's an app for that. You know, hey, you know, there's an app for that, right? There literally is an app for everything. Okay, so I'm trying to. It, emphasize to you that apps are where it's at and and the future I, I would say argue to say the future I would argue to say now now you need to be building apps not the future not down the road you need to be building apps now so how as the church and as youth groups and as different organizations and communities how can we build those apps well I guess I would put, put, put it this way. There's, there's a hard way and there's an easy way. Uh, there's a hard way to do this and there's an easy way uh, to do this. The hard way, of course, is to, um, well, it's to learn how to code, basically. There's, there's been a big push on the internet for, for people to learn how to write code and how to write apps and write programs and write websites and all sorts of different stuff. I have very... Uh, limit. I know HTML. 
HTML is hypertext markup language. It's a basically what runs the the entire internet, in in my opinion. Um, not in my opinion. That's a fact. I don't know why I said that, but HTML really runs on every single website that you um, look at, and HTML5 is the new back end for that that has recently come into uh, play in the last year or two, two years. And big companies like Facebook and Twitter and all of them, uh, YouTube uses HTML5 playback on their videos now to where you don't have to have Flash anymore. Flash is a thing of the past. If you're still working in Flash, Adobe Flash, you are way behind the times because nobody is working in Flash. Even Adobe's not working in Flash anymore. <laughs> and that's They have uh, HTML5 authoring tools now. So HTML is great, and HTML is actually... Uh, pretty decently easy to understand. I mean, if I can understand it, anybody can understand it. And I know HTML, I know CSS. What CSS is, is cascading style sheets. And they use that to style, put different fonts, put different uh, textures, different pictures, different things on websites and such. Uh, so the internet is heavily dependent on HTML and CSS, but that's not the case with apps. Apps are not, apps are exactly what they um claim to be. They are application specific. They are applications where um, they are literally written by programs. They are, they are computer programs, basically. And Apple uses a, um, a language called Objective-C. And the reason why I've got, a, I've got a ton of notes here, the reason why I keep stopping and starting and everything is I've got a ton of notes here that just I'm trying to sift through and kind of get this because they're so much information about this stuff but I'm trying to as I'm sitting here talking to you trying to boil it down so that even the most technology averse person can understand this because this stuff gets complex okay there's an easy way to do this I was saying and there's a hard way to do that the hard way is to learn code learn objective objective c uh, for apple if you want to develop for apple if you want to develop apps for apple you have to have um, a minimum of two things well, three things if you count the knowledge. One, you have to have a program called, well, four things. <laughs> you have to have a Mac, okay? You have to have a program called Xcode, which actually helps you write. It's an app to write apps. It's incredibly hard to, to deal with and understand. It's almost like jumping into Photoshop feet first. You have no idea what you're doing. And you got to have Xcode. Then you got to have the knowledge to do all these different things. And then you got to have an Apple app store, uh, a developer account, which is a hundred dollars a year. So $99 a year, you've got to do that. So it technically you could have an app, you could have any number, an unlimited number of apps in the app store. If you wanted to, if you knew how to write them, if you knew the knowledge, if you had a Mac and you had a developer account, you've got a hundred dollars a year. You could do that. However, comma, he said, that's not everybody. In fact, that's a very, very limited number of people. Um, as tech-savvy and tech-oriented as I am, I tried the app um, writing route. I, I, Xcode is free on the Mac. I downloaded it. It's a huge program, but I downloaded it and got to diving into it. I, I read several different books, or I read at several different books about Objective-C and learning to program, and I spent the better part of a year or two trying to learn how it was that I was supposed to put together an iPhone app. And I could barely put together a simple iPhone app. And that's not even the hardest part. 
There is all sorts of things to do. If you, if you have a Mac, take the time and go download Xcode. It's a huge program. It'll probably take you a little while to download. Go to the Mac app store and download Xcode and open it up. And sometimes you can't even get it open because you've got to have these assets in place and you got to have images in place to put on the, all those little buttons, all those little images, all those little custom things and apps are images and they have to be generated from somewhere. They have to come from somewhere. So you've got to have those things. So that's the hard way to do apps. Uh, Google lets you download the Android SDK for free. Google's uh, app store uh, application process is $25. It's a one-time fee of $25. So not only is Google cheaper, but it's also easier to get your app in the app store with Google. Now, am I saying that Google is better on that aspect? I don't think so. Because Apple has much better security all the, all the break-ins and all the different things and all the, the scams you hear about on the app stores, most of them, I'd say 9 out of 10 of them, come from Google and, and the Google Play Store. Because anybody, in the, in their, anybody with 25 bucks can sign on for a developer account, upload an app that does malicious things to your phone or to your, uh, your tablet, and it, it could be bad. And Google has had to stop several of those different things because people have found loopholes for those things. But Apple has much better security in place um, for those different things. So in my opinion, Apple is a little bit better uh, in that respect. So the thing that you need to, there's there, the hard way is to kind of do this manually and build your own app and then submit it to the App Store. And that's, that's actually, I was talking about the hard part. That's actually really the hard part, especially with Apple. Because you've got to generate security certificates, and then you've got to code those into the app, and then you've got to have this, and you've got to have that, and you've got to generate this. And it's, it is unbelievable. So, what is the solution to this, and how can you, as a minister, youth minister, uh, tech-savvy guy at your church or church worker, how can you get an app for your youth group, for your church, for your organization, for anything like that? Well... The way that I have found, and you don't have to use this way, and you don't even have to use the services that I use, but um, I'd like to thank Brandon Edwards for bringing uh, Conduit Mobile to my attention. Before we get started on the discussion of Conduit, I'd really like to make sure that you understand that this is something that you do not need to do alone. And, and you do not need to just dive into this and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to develop me an iPhone app. I'm going to write an iPhone app for the church and we're going to have an app in two weeks. No, that's not that's not how it works, because as tech savvy as I am, I, I was not able to do that. And I banged my head against the wall with this for about two years until I finally figured out, you know what, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and, and pay somebody to do this. So option number one for you as a church is to pay somebody to do it. Well, that can be really, really hard to do. Uh, there's a service called the church app and they are great, but they charge about a thousand dollars to do it, which is actually pretty cheap. If you were to get a professional to do it, it's actually pretty cheap that way. And then you can actually get somebody like uh, Tyler Brassfield to um, look, use it uh, to develop your iPhone app. He does a good job and he uh, knows what he's, uh, he knows what he's doing and he can uh, develop one for you. I don't know what he charges, but I think it's about, I think it's like 250 a year or something like that. I don't really know, but uh, maybe it's more, maybe it's less. I don't really know. Uh, but the initial cost, I'm sure, is is significant. So probably upwards of 500 bucks at least. So what is your solution? Well, one, get somebody else to do it. Or two, use tools to not manually do this, but to do it on your own. Okay, and talking about Conduit Mobile. Now, if you go to mobile.conduit.com, uh, 
they have a really great builder right there in the browser on the website that you can use to build your own iPhone app. So what I did is I, I heard about this, so I went to Conduit Mobile. And the great thing about the Conduit Mobile is, is that you can interface with your, your current website. Uh, you can, if you have a blog with an RSS feed on it, then you can set that up as a news feed and a news button in your app. And these, and by the way, these are not going to be like really sophisticated apps. Okay. They're not going to be things that allow you to, you know, do flip these things around, like, you know, do these different things or video edit or something on within the app, like Vimeo or Vine or anything like that. They're not going to be complicated apps. They're going to be very simple straightforward apps, but they're going to put an icon on your people's screens, phones in your church, and it's going to be, that's going to be worth it. Okay. So I got into this and I really, I literally wrote my iPhone app on Conduit in about three hours. I had all the images made. I had all the, the stuff done and all these other different things. And it was, it was really fantastic. It's a fairly intuitive it lets you, has an iPhone simulator right there on the screen, so you can actually scroll up and down and see what it's doing. And as you make changes, it updates the iPhone right there, so you can actually tell what it's going to look like on the screen. It's really great. And it was really, really great until I looked at the price. And anything you know about these apps and developing apps, it's going to cost a little bit of money. Uh, you, you might as well have that. So if you're a very small church and you've You've got a youth group of like four and an average attendance of 26. You're probably not going to be able to afford this. But what it did is it ran us, they advertised $399, $399 a year uh, to, to have this service. And I was kind of going, ah, that's kind of, mm, that's a little steep. So I, I held off on it. I didn't really, I didn't really uh, get into it that much more. And I said, well, it's going to cost a little too much and, and that's, you know, that's, that's not, but Conduit, knowing their marketing strategy, I guess, sent me an email saying you can get 30% off of your, if you sign up for a year right now. And so we did. So for about 286 bucks, we got our own iPhone app. Now, what was involved in the process? Well, there is a little bit of a catch to that. You have to have an Apple developer account and an Apple a Google developer account, just like I was talking about before. Google has a one-time fee of $25, and then you're a Google developer. And then um, Apple has a one-time fee of $99. I'm sorry, not a one-time fee, a yearly fee of $99. It automatically renews every single year. So that's $125 right there per year to tack on to this. So you're looking at almost 500 bucks a year. If you go with the normal, if you, if you don't get the discount, you're looking at 500 bucks a year for an iPhone app. Is that too much? I don't know. But what I've found through Conduit Mobile is that it is invaluable for our people because smartphone, everybody has a smartphone now. Everybody has one. That's all they sell at these places. So what I did through Conduit Mobile is we had already had a good backend uh, in place on our website, on our church website for Squarespace. And by the way, it pays, it really, it's really great to have a good church website, but on average, your members are not going to visit there every day, maybe not even every week. They might go there once in a while, but if you can put it in the palm of their hands in a compact form, like an app, 
and have a push notification or two every single week, which you can do push notifications right there to everyone's screens through Conduit every single week if you want. It's great. And using Squarespace as a backend for our website, Squarespace automatically defaults to a mobile view. You can test this out. If you have a WordPress template, if you have a any kind of template that you've built any kind of website with, go ahead and do it right now. Take your browser on your de- on your desktop there or on your laptop and take it and literally just take the, the, the bar and smush it down to like a really narrow window. And you can tell if you have what's called a dynamic, a responsive template or not. And if your website looks horrible when you mush it down to that, then odds are you don't have a responsive template. But every template on Squarespace is responsive. So no matter what you build, it's going to be a, it's going to look really good on a mobile phone. So if they go to your mobile, your Squarespace site on their phone, it's going to look good. If you put a link in your app, which you can do with Conduit, a link in your app to a, let's just go ahead and say youth registration page for spring retreat, well, like, like we do, or summer camp, like we do, then it's going to look great. And you're, they're going to be able to read stuff. They're going to be able to see the pictures and different things that are going to be going on there. And it's, it's fantastic. So, and the great thing, the, the best part about that is, is that I can, excuse me, I can update those pages without having to update the app. See, if I wanted to change a page, change the youth page, I change the youth page every single week. I put new pictures and new Instagram photos and stuff like that on there. I don't want to have to go back and update the app to change that every week because people are not going to do that. If you have an update every four days on your app, they're, they're not going to do that. But if you have a page that you, could, you can update with that youth tab, if the, the tab is pointed to go to church street, churchst.org slash youth, and you have access to change the youth site around or youth page around anytime you want to, you can change the content within basically within the app. It's really, really great stuff. So if you have a mobile website that you can change around and do different things with, you can always change that around. You can update your app almost every single day if you wanted to. Uh, we have a news. Go, I, and I invite you to go download our app and tell me what you think about it. Uh, just search Church Street Church of Christ in the App Store or, or on Google Play. And you can download our app and you can tell us. And it's a very simple app. It's just got a list of stuff. It's got service times, directions, um, about us. It's got a it's got a tab for the youth. It's got a tab for the actual church website. Uh, it's got a tab for sermon audio. I have a sermon audio uh, blog feed that I put in there and it automatically pulls it up and everything like that. And it and it pulls and I can you can hit play in the thing and listen to an audio sermon right there on your phone. Don't have to download anything. You can just stream it from directly from our website. But that updates every single week because I'm able to update the website every single week. So you can tie it in with your website in a bunch of different ways. And when you have a Squarespace mobile template helping you out, then it works and just all works together. There's a couple of other services and I'll only mention one because it's only really one worth mentioning. And these website services are, are like a dime a dozen uh, and you, you'll find them everywhere. Build your app here, build this here. There was one that I used back in the day called AppMaker, A-P-P-M-A-K-R, like Flickr, AppMaker, and uh, it was pretty good, and I just got back into it, kind of researching it for the show here, and it's not so great anymore. They've changed it around a lot, and these people bought it apparently, and it just does not, it's not nearly as intuitive as it was, but Conduit Mobile, 
Uh, I was very impressed. Conduit Mobile was really, really great. So if you have um, Apple and Google, and, and, the, oh, and I didn't even mention this, but the greatest part about um, Conduit Mobile is the submission process to the app stores. You've got to submit these apps to the app stores, and they have to be approved for them to be in the app store. You don't just throw them up there and, or upload them like you would upload a picture to Facebook and they're just there and people can come and get them. That's not how it works. They have to go through this long approval process. And the, the, from start to finish, from finding out about Conduit to having an app in the App Store was about three weeks. It took me about three to four, five, six days to build it, to get it finalized. And then we had, uh, we had to wait about 10 to 12 business days for Apple to get back to us and approve the app. But the great thing about it was is that Conduit made it very easy to put in all your info, put in what category your app is there, put in what uh, kind of genre it's going to be falling under, put in keywords, put in information and email contacts and support pages and all those other different things. And then they've got tabs that say, okay, submit this to the Apple App Store. Gener you, you hit this button, generate a certificate, send it to the Apple App Store. Send this one to the Google store, send this one to the, and they even give you the option of Amazon app store as well. I didn't know that was like a thing, but it, it apparently is. So they give you Apple, Google, and Amazon, and they submit it all for you. And the coolest part is they'll send you an email every time it updates, because it'll be like, your app has been received by Apple and is currently under review. Uh, your, your app has been reviewed and it is currently waiting for approval. And then it'll send your app has been approved for the app store. Please approve when you want it to go and upload and all this other stuff. It's really great. They'll send you emails and stuff like that. So it is a little bit pricey, but if you can afford, if your church can afford the two or $300, uh, maybe even about $400 a year, plus the, the developer account costs, if your church has about 500 bucks a year, it, this will be an invaluable source. Because every week when um, our secretary gets done with the bulletin and she emails it out to everyone, well, not everybody's going to check their email and she doesn't have everybody's email anyway. Well, all I do is I get that email as well. I take the bulletin, I upload it to our website, and then I put it, do a push notification on Friday afternoon about 3 o'clock and say, the bulletin for this Sunday is now, uh, has now been published. You can find it in the bulletin archive and we look forward to seeing you Sunday. And it's just a great little way for people to see your church on a day that they're not at church on their phone because it pops up with a little app icon right there and says Church Street app and it says the message right there. It's perfect. Uh, you can do push notifications, everything. And I can do push notifications for, uh, that's a really good uh, secondary thing for like emergencies. If there's not going to be services that night, uh, you can log on to the Conduit mobile website, go under push notifications and just type it out there and hit send. And it goes out to everyone that has installed the app. Uh, presently, we have over about 100, I'd say 180 people that have downloaded and installed the app. And it's uh, it's really working fantastic. Everybody seems to really love it. So definitely, if you're if you're into that, definitely I'd look into Conduit mobile. And uh, before that, get your website updated on Squarespace, and then you can just route everything to there and not have to do so much work on your app. You can update stuff as you want to. You don't have to update your app. So anyway, hope this has helped you out with the discussion about uh, apps and everything. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any uh, thing that you'd like to ask me about the, the kind of the methods that I have used, 
uh, feel free to email me, chad.lamon at gmail.com. Uh, email me with questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Let's have a prayer right quick as we customarily do. And let's pray for your ministries. Let's pray for your churches and the people in your churches and all those different things. And let's pray for for um, for us to be able to do what we can do to further the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you so much that you have allowed us to be in the positions that we're in and to use the tools that we can and utilize for your kingdom, Lord. Please help us to never lose sight of what we're doing and how important it is, the job that we're doing and bringing souls to you. Help us to use every tool that is at our disposal uh, to do that mission. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for his sacrifice. Thank you so much for his example and his willingness to die for us. And it's in his name that we pray this prayer. Amen. We've enjoyed having you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I know this is, uh, I hope this has been helpful for you today, talking about apps. And you can find uh, more links. You can find the show notes. I'm going to have some links uh, on the show notes, to the developer accounts, and to the app thing, Conduit Mobile, all that different stuff that we mentioned in the podcast today at chadl.co slash mbits slash 012, our 12th episode. And you can uh, find that on my website. And uh, you can also go to my website and download some materials, read some articles, and uh, make yourself at home, basically, and do that. Go to AIM the Network and check out some of their podcasts as well, aimthenetwork.com. And um, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at MinistryBits. And then uh, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ministrybits. We have enjoyed having you today. Thank you so much. Next week, we'll have Adam Fawn on the show. He will be talking about... Well, we'll be talking about some whatever Adam Fawn wants to talk about. How about that? <laughs> Thank y'all so much, and y'all have a, go out and have a blessed week. I just can't recall what's at all or how to begin, yeah. I ain't here to break it Just see how far it Ciao.